I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 30 of the podcast. Happy to have you here with me, as always. Got another exciting interview to get to. Comedian and very talented podcasting host Justin Worsham stops by to share a few words with us about fatherhood and the likes. So stick around for that. I'd like to say thank you for all the kind comments and compliments that I got about yesterday's interview with Jed Lee's Reading With Your Kids host, Jed Darty. I thought the interview went very well. If you missed it, I encourage you to go back one episode and download it and let me know your thoughts. Today's interview is being brought to you by WeAreDapperTies.com. Come on, guys. Father's Day is creeping up on us. Get on over to WeAreDapperTies.com. Pick out a unique tie for dad and get free shipping by putting in father in the promo box. All right. We're not going to waste any more time. Going to jump right into the interview here. I'm Alec Lace, and you are listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, we're back here on First Class Fatherhood. Very honored to bring you my next guest, a first-class father himself. He has been doing a live comedy since 1996. He's been featured on Showtime's Comics Without Borders. Cuts from his comedy can be heard on Blue Collar Radio, Laugh USA, and Raw Dog, all via Sirius XM. Justin Worsham, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Alec. Pleasure, uh, pleasure to be on, sir. How many kids do you have, Justin? I got two boys, nine and six years old. Wow. How did fatherhood change you? What's the biggest thing that fatherhood did that you noticed in yourself as a man becoming a father? Uh, the biggest thing for me was that when before I became a dad, I thought my purpose, it's funny that you rattled off my comedy credits. I thought my purpose in life and the thing that made me feel fulfilled as a person was making people laugh. Like I thought that was what I was bringing to the world and and it, it's uh, what made me feel complete. And what I realized is that I, I, I quit doing stand-up about four years ago because it was taking me away from my kids and my wife. And then I really realized that the real passion that I had was being a dad and being a husband, as sappy as that may sound. And that's, that's how being – it didn't really change me. I don't think I changed – I mean, obviously, I changed as a person, I guess. But I'm, I'm saying the bigger impact was is it kind of brought to light what I really love doing. It's awesome, yeah, and especially where you want to spend your valuable time. We don't get much of it. Right. I get one trip, one yeah. trip on this planet, and and I, I'm not going to sit here and uh, act like I, I nail it, right, or that I don't lose my crap at my kids or get frustrated or say, you know, horrible things even to them. I'm, I'm still a regular dad. Uh, in fact, it, one could argue that when I was a stand-up, I was more appreciative of the time that I had with them because I'd be gone three or four weeks out of the month and only home a couple days of those weeks. Uh, but uh, but I do I do like it better. I like it better that I'm here. I'm building a fort for my kids. I'm coaching their football teams, that kind of stuff. Hanging out with them, watching Netflix shows, and that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, that's awesome that you get the chance. Now, how, how, as a comic, now do you, do you find your kids trying to be wise guys with you a little bit? I have one son, my my younger son, who he you could tell anything to get a laugh, and he's been that way since he was a baby. Like, All right. If he saw you laugh, he would keep doing that thing again and again and again. But it is. It's funny to me, but neither one of them, when they were younger in preschool, wanted to get up in front of people. And uh, what I thought was interesting was that their teachers were always like, well, they don't want to do the show. And I'd be like, okay. And they go, well, why would, don't you want them to do the show? I go, not if they don't want to. Who cares? Right, yeah, go, exactly. What brought you into the podcasting scene? 
uh, to provide sticky content for my comedy. All of my stand-up, if you go to check out my albums on iTunes or if you uh, there's a Pandora channel that you could type my name in and listen to that mixed in with some other uh, comics that are kind of like me, similar style. All of it's about being a, a parent and a husband before I had kids. And I wanted something that would support my comedy. And the consequence that came out of that was I, I found the show that a lot of people related to because it, I don't talk about the parenting being puppies and kittens and rainbows. I talk about my own frustrations and my own failings and, and where I struggle. And it, it's helped people to feel a little less alone in their own endeavor. Well, one thing that popped out on your bio here, I got to ask you about the story here. How did you propose to your wife there? So I did an improv comedy show called Comedy Sports, and they're all over the U.S. It's like Whose Line Is It Anyway, if anybody ever saw that show. Comedy Sports has a sports theme where the referee is the host, and we had a game called uh, Things in a Bag. And so the guy would go out uh, and get things, random things from the audience. And so what I did was I planted the ring box in the bag. So we did a couple of items. He would, we would all face away. He would set something out on a bar stool and then tell us to turn around, and then we would jump forward and try to make a joke on the spot about this thing. And so we went out there and uh, he worked in after about three things, the ring box. And I went out there and I said, oh, I feel bad, guys. Actually, this is my fourth anniversary with my girlfriend. And I feel bad because this is jewelry. And instead of taking her out to a nice night on our anniversary, I'm here entertaining you. And everybody was like, oh, yay!" And they all clapped. I said, no, no, that's bad. And it was great. The audience just played along and they went, oh, boo. And they started booing me. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said and she was kind of had a hunch because her parents were there that something was happening. And so I told her I, to throw her off, her off the scent. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have, but I'm not. And I, I said, I'm so sorry. She goes, no, no, it's okay. And so I said, I go, and, and she thought I was going to propose to her. And I, I go, I didn't. So now I'm sitting here looking at a ring box. I said, so this is the best I could do. Honey, could you come up here? So I got her up on stage. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I didn't take you out to a nice night. And I'm sorry that I, I told you I wouldn't propose to you tonight because and i'm sorry that i lied to you and then i opened the ring and went down on one knee wow right now, now did the yeah. audience think it was a part of the shtick i don't know i mean i'm sure there could have been a couple of people but there was a lot of people who like it was obviously like they cheered and one of the kind of cute touching things was i continued to perform there for at least three or four years after that oh, if memory awesome. serves and i get people who would come by and go i was here when you proposed to your wife uh and stuff so that was fun wow that's got to be great now i gotta ask you this any plans on trying for the girl no, we had, uh, <laughs> I think you told me on my show that you, you tried for the girl. And if you didn't get the girl on number four, it was going to be a fifth kid coming. You got that right. I don't know what your, uh, if, if it was you that wanted a girl, you already sound like a much more well-grounded guy than I am. But Give yourself some I, credit there, Justin. I wasn't worried about the boy because I felt like I knew what to do because I was a boy. I had a good dad, like, and I didn't have any sisters or anything like that. I mean, I have a stepsister, but she was the oldest. So I never saw a girl kind of being raised or brought up and, so it was this whole thing where I'm like, God, ah, what if I mess her up and blah, blah, blah. And my wife, it's a joke that if she cries, she gets whatever she wants. And so immediately I said, we could try for a third one. And I said, but, but just so you know, there's no guarantee that it won't be another boy. Did you find out what you were having with the first kid? Yes. Uh, well, here's the thing. We went in there and we wanted to be surprised when he was born. And they, the doc, they found like a, there's like seven, I think, flags for Down syndrome. And when they were doing the ultrasound, they found one of those flags. And so they had to call the doctor in and we were like, we're new parents. And we're like, Oh, what, what is all this? Blah, blah. And he says, here's the thing. There are, there are seven flags that we look for to see if the kid has down syndrome. Uh, your kid only has one of those flags and protocol means he has to come back. Here's the thing though. This thing that is the flag is something that is common in a particular gender of baby. So don't go home and Google anything. If you want to be surprised. And something about the way that uh, when he pitched what the diagnosis was, like, kind of made me. It was gender oh. revealing. 
I kind of, yeah, I kind of had an idea of what was coming down the pipe. And so he said, and so I was like, okay. And then we kind of, we left the place and later on we kind of said, you know, either, whenever we find out it's a surprise. So we just decided to say, Hey, let us know. And they just uh, sent us a form and we, and that's how we found out. We didn't do like a baking of a cake or anything like that. We just, well, let me ask you this now. You've been doing comedy for such a long time. Does your, does your wife still get entertained by your comedy or she don't even want to know anything about it? Come on, Alec. You know the answer to that question. <laughs> well, I'm my... podcasting. I'm 29 days in. My wife's ready to throw my podcast and stuff out the window already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it does not get better. She Here's what here's what I could tell you. It's like all things. And it always reminds me of Married with Children. I don't know if you're a big fan of that show where they would oh, say yeah, horrible things classic. to each other. But the minute one of them was attacked, they would all gang up on whoever was going after a member of their family. My wife is very much like that about my comedy. Like, if somebody ever had a critical thing or she thought that I should be getting more or making more progress in my in my comedy where that's when I'm the funniest guy in the world to her. It's funny that you mentioned that show because I definitely pull at Bundy all the time with my old high school football days. I tell him the glory days. <laughs> I, I embellish like, like like Bundy does. So That's great. Yeah, it's fun. That's what being a dad is. All. It's fun. I, I don't know if we get to do it or if every dad just did it because of who they are. Like one of my favorite moments along those lines of just kind of like where I felt like a stereotypical dad was and my kids were playing in the backyard and they weren't listening to my wife and I just happened to pop the earbuds out and I heard her in the backyard going, do you want me to go get your father? And they, I could hear them go, no, no. And I was, and it's funny because I've never struck my children. I, you know, all I do is raise my voice and maybe take some video games away. But there was a part of me that really enjoyed that there was a little bit of fear. They want that threat of dad to mean something, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know why, but it was super proud and I felt like that was a very old school stereotypical dad moment that I got to enjoy. And plus it gives your wife something else to threaten them with. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I like it. I don't know if your wife does this, but my kids are always eating off of her plate of food. Like, and, and all I do is when they say, Oh, I want some of that. I go, well, go get your own. This is my plate of food. And then they're always taking her food. And I go, when it, every time she gives it to them, I always say the same thing. I say, Remember that. Remember that next time she asks you to do something and you guys don't listen. And, and that's definitely, you hear that from the, you eat whatever's on your plate for dinner or oh, you go yeah. to bed without supper and you used to hear all them stories, you know? Yeah. Have you used the, there's starving kids in uh, Ethiopia? You I ever pulled it up on that? the phone and scared them half to death with it, of course. That's, that's, oh, that's great. You do. Oh, you, you brought it, you brought today's technology. You added an, a visual element. That's it great. helps. I mean, sometimes they have to see the reality. I mean, hey, listen, and it's not even a joke with this stuff. It's serious stuff. This stuff. Yeah all over the world people are suffering so and our kids like they live in the bubble you know sometimes they have so much so they don't get to appreciate that so you do have to kind of just introduce them to it in some way to say hey look there's people out there right now that are having the worst of times so let's appreciate what we got absolutely man uh hey justin tell us where we can find you uh the dadpodcast.com uh if you guys want i just had alec on uh on the show recently so if you want to come out and Hear him in a, uh, a long-form sense. I mean, you get them all every day. I do a once-a-week episode that's about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, and I inter interview, obviously, other dads that are either comedians, friends of mine, authors. Every month, we uh, once a month, we have a pediatrician who comes on the show and answers questions that you can email in or we talk about whatever research that's come out. Wow, awesome. Awesome work we find you on SiriusXM. Uh, all the comedy channels, they just they, they rotate through. I get played about 20 to 25 times a day. Laugh USA, if you like clean comedy and blue collar comedy, those are probably the two most played. I get mo played the most each day. Or if you want, go to Pandora and just type in my name, Justin Warsham, in there and uh, have a channel. And it'll it should bring you nothing but family 
centered comedy, not necessarily clean, but about being married and about having kids and stuff like that. Okay. Or you could go to justincomedy.com and pick up my albums. If you want to just download them as an MP3, that would be awesome too, but not required by any means. I got to say, thank you so much. You've been so helpful. Uh, you really have been kind enough to spend a lot of time with me and kind of explain a little bit about this podcasting stuff with me. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to a ham and egger. <laughs> it's no problem, man. You're, you're a great guy. Very relatable. I can tell why your, your show is so popular because you're just comfortable in your own skin. And uh, that I think relatability is, is your biggest asset that everybody is just trying to be that working class dad and do the best we can and, uh, and live a noble life. And I think that's everything that first class fatherhood represents from my perspective. All right. Well, Justin Worsham, everybody. And he is no doubt a first class father himself. Thank you. Ah, for being on. Thank you for being Thank on you, the buddy. podcast here, Justin. You're welcome, Alec. A pleasure. All right. We're going to be right back after a quick spot. What's the greatest nation in the world? A donation. That's right. I started a campaign over at Patreon.com. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Well, I enjoy bringing it to you. And now I need you to help me bring it to the next level. I'm passionate about fatherhood. But passion don't pay the bills. I'm smashing the charts and I've even topped 1,000 downloads. But my pants weigh the same today as they did the day I launched. A little help from you will go a long way to help me entice bigger guests and upgrade my equipment. Maybe leaving a rating or a review is not your thing. Throw a bean in the tip jar over at Patreon.com. Search First Class Fatherhood in the search box at Patreon.com and you'll see just exactly what I'm talking about. And just for listening, you're a First Class Father. Get over to Patreon.com and type it in the search box. First Class Fatherhood. All right, that's going to wrap it up here on another awesome episode of First Class Fatherhood. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Justin's a very fun guy to talk to. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to keep it rolling here tomorrow. We're going to be interviewing Art Eddie from Life of Dad, so you don't want to miss out on that. And as soon as I find the dates that are available here, obviously I'll be on the Dad Podcast with Justin Worsham. I'm on Jedley's Podcast with Reading With Your Kids. I will have all those dates and times or wherever you need to go to download those episodes. As soon as I get them, you will have them. Uh, so thanks for taking the ride with me today. I'm Alec Lace. You guys are listening to First Class Fatherhood. And you may not always fly first class, but you are always a first class father. Sometimes